Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Thursday, December 29th, 2022. And our top story today, developing an essential prescription for dementia. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Tipa Snow is an occupational therapist and the owner and founder of Positive Approach. Well, Tipa, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too. Who would well, guess a whole nother year ahead of us? Absolutely. And and uh, I'm excited for it. Um, it's 2022 is almost over, but we're really happy to have you on the program this morning. Um, you're an occupational therapist trying to put a positive light on dementia. And I want to start with some of the basics here. Um, wh- who is impacted the most by dementia, meaning the actual disease, not the families. We'll get to the families in a minute. But what types of individuals are susceptible to dementia? Okay, so the honest answer is the older you are, the higher your risk for almost all dementias, with an exception of a certain type called frontal temporal or certain inherited dementias. But in general, uh, as we age, our risk goes up. So if you're alive and you're aging, uh, every year you're alive, your risk is a little higher. Yeah. So after that, age 65, you're in a high risk category. And by 85, uh, estimates are somewhere between 30 to 50% of us will experience some significant changes in our brain that would constitute the beginning of a dementia. And how do, you, how do we identify that? So can you identify that as an individual suffering from dementia? Like I just, I don't remember. Or... Do you have to rely on a, a family care physician or your family to say, hey, you know, maybe you should get this checked out? Well, that's a really great question because it turns out for half of just about half of everyone who gets a dementia, one of the first changes that happens in your brain is in the front of your brain where you keep track of what I can do, what I can't do, and what I might be having some differences in doing. And it turns out for half of everyone who gets dementia, that part gets damaged early on, which means I'm not gonna be accurate in my awareness of myself. So for half of people, I'm the first one that says something is not right. I can't find words, I'm I'm getting lost. I I lose my temper really fast. Um, I I can't remember things that people have told me and I know I can't, and I've never been like this before. I can't make my checkbook work. For the other half of folks, we've got to rely on other people because um, unfortunately, my brain tells me I'm fine. I can do it as well as I've ever done it. If there's a problem, it's not me. So it makes it hard. And it's actually got a term. It's called anisognosia, the inability to be self-aware. And it's sort of a unique disease for this reason. I mean, half of us won't actually recognize and it causes lots of challenges. Uh, and, and just to be, uh, just to ask you causation, um, do we know what causes it outside of the professional sports that maybe they take a hit to the head? You don't necessarily have to have, uh, you know, a two by four to the head. You I'm joking, don't. but but you don't have no. to have, I guess my point is, you don't have to have head trauma to you have dementia. You don't. And we're still trying to figure this out. The latest thinking is um, it could be viral in nature. In other words, over time, we're susceptible to various viral loads and we get to a certain point. It could be based on inflammation or infections that the blood brain barrier. Um, We have lots of 
thoughts about it, but we're still, they're still investigating causes because there's actually, we currently think over 120 forms, causes, and types of dementia. So it's not all one thing. It's not all Alzheimer's or all Lewy body or all frontal temporal, or the one you mentioned, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, fancy words for a a condition that results from little traumas to your brain or one big one over time. Let's let's talk about the, now the impact. But this last question before we go to the commercial break, and I want to talk about treatment and, and what we can do in terms of medications and also just maybe mm-hmm. therapy, that you're, one of your areas of expertise. But let's talk about the impact to the family. Uh, it's already difficult for family members, maybe who have an older relative, maybe kind of getting them perhaps not to drive. Um, yeah. Getting them to manage their their budget uh, more streamlined, so not, not spend be as taken much money. advantage of. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, not because... be taken absolutely not be taken advantage by by a lot of these scam artists out here that we hear about uh, either here in the states or in other countries who are trying to rip uh, our elderly uh, citizens off. So, what's the impact to the family? I, I I must imagine this is very disconcerting. It's pretty huge. And I think what happens is we sort of slide into it too often. Nobody really talks about it until you're in the middle of it and you realize this is just getting worse. I'm not sure how to manage this. Um, so it turns out about 80 to close to 80%, 70 to 80% of all care provided to people living with dementia is provided by friends, family, and informal carers. So that's a lot of care. And it means a lot of it's non-reimbursed. A lot of it is um, what you do without thinking at first. And then it starts to wear away. It wears on relationships too. I mean, it makes it incredibly difficult to love someone that you love when you're arguing or fighting about things or you can't get them to understand and they can't get you to believe. And so there's so many conflicts that arise because we don't actually, people don't actually understand what's happening to the person's brain and therefore their behavior and their emotions and their thinking. It makes it really challenging for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just us talking about it makes me very sad as a, as a grandchild of a, uh, someone who suffered from uh, dementia vis-a-vis Alzheimer's, whatever it was, this is back in the 70s and, and early 80s, uh, you know, it makes me sad because I, I, I think I understand maybe secondhand what the impact can be to a family. Teep, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about treatment of dementia. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. 
the Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're going to change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and called Credit Repair for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report, so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Nothing is known 100%. So my strategy does not change based off what other people expect. My strategy is based off of what I expect. And what I expect is to retire when I'm around 60 years old. And so I make my investments today based off what my future goal is, which is, you know, to retire in you know, 30 or 40 years. That's, that's my goal. Great things don't happen by accident. No one just blew out a candle and turned on a light bulb. Great things happen with action. And when it comes to financial security, the same truth applies. You want to feel excited about your future? and see things you never thought possible, action makes it possible. At Corbridge Financial, we proudly partner with financial professionals and institutions to help more people take action in their financial lives. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Tipa Snow. She's an occupational therapist and the owner and founder of Positive Approach. Tipa, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. So, so what, what, what can be done in terms of, of treatment? Um, are there drugs available? Are there mental therapy sessions? Like, you know, you always hear people say cognitively, it's great to do the New York Times or the local, uh, the local crossword in your local paper. Um, but let's start with drugs. What are there? Let's start with drugs. Let's start with medications. With, yes. Currently, there are no readily available medications that are going to change your dementia. What some of them might do for some people sometimes is help with symptoms. So they help manage symptoms, much as when you take insulin or a, a, a blood sugar manager, it doesn't make you not have diabetes, but it helps you manage your diabetes. And so many of those, there's a few of them around, might work for some people sometimes, depends on the type of dementia you have. Um, now, the new thing that's coming out are there's some new work been done and they're working on how do we how do we break it up or how do we keep it from happening or how do we turn it around? And it turns out that maybe we've got something that might slow it down a little bit for some people. And for some people, that's that's all they're looking for. And so that's a great 
possibility for early signs of a dementia. But for others, it's like, well, why would I want somebody to live longer with this, given it's so damaging for our life and their life? And so it's really complicated and it's got lots of issues around it. So what that leaves is, so how do we live life with dementia? How do we help someone yeah. live their life? And it turns out if we pick up some new knowledge and skills, we can make a big difference. As an example, Jeffrey, if you said to me, listen, I want to go home and you're standing in your own living room, or I want to talk to my mom and your mom's been dead for some time. And I say, well, and I've tried before, you know, you are home. That just starts an argument because if you knew you were home, you wouldn't make the statement. So I stay instead. You're wanting to go home. Now, did you need to get something from home or you just want to be there? So I get curious about why going home all of a sudden and why don't you recognize this? And I'll say, well, tell you what, I can get you something to eat. It doesn't sound like, you know, it's not your kitchen, but I can get you something. How about if we get something to eat? And we can try that to see if I can get your brain to be more comfortable. So it's, it's really learning strategies and techniques to help us live life in a reasonable fashion since I can't fix your dementia. Yeah, and, and it's almost like a coping. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to cope as a family member. You have, a co have to cope as an occupational therapist. And in some ways, you have to cope as the patient with dementia. I, I would imagine that that's probably pretty difficult when you, you oh. can't re recognize or you don't want to recognize that you, you're stricken with this. Yeah. And so if somebody says I can't do something and I think I can, it's going to either cause me to doubt myself or doubt them. And so if instead we learn some ways to say, so you're wanting to drive and the doctor says not right now. Well, tell you what, we can argue with him next time we go to the doctor. But for right now, how about if I go to the store with you and we get some stuff and and we just move past it, if at all possible. And they may still say, this isn't fair. And I would agree this isn't fair. But, you know, I'd rather get to the store and get groceries than argue about driving. Can we just yeah. try? Yeah. I, it, it, you know, your technique, it, we actually have another set of guests on the show, uh, Mike and, and Kim Barnes. And uh, they're dealing with parents, both who have uh, some level of dementia and Alzheimer's and 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 how you're describing it and how they describe it. It, it. It's not this, hey, do this, do that. That's kind of the old school way. It really is more therapeutic and, hey, okay, trying to rationalize and treating the person as a human being other instead of like a soldier and you're the drill sergeant. Yeah, because, the, you know, for people particularly who'd been the majors in the army, they are not going to respect me being their drill. I'm their kid or I'm their granddaughter or I'm a friend or I'm a professional. I'm not the boss of them. And the other piece of it is that if I can encourage them to participate, they're still using what they have left. And so the, the thing we know about brains is if you use what you have, you, you tend to keep it active longer until it's simply not available to you. But if I don't encourage you to use stuff, you won't use it and you'll lose it even more early and prematurely than you would otherwise. So you mentioned some of these, some of the research that's being done, and there are over a hundred different types of dementia and brain function, cognitive function loss. Um, and you talked about some of the therapies. We have an aging society by all accounts. You know, we're not reproducing. I hate to make it so basic, but we're not reproducing at the rate that we were. We have more people over 65 than at any time, and not only here in America, but around the world. What do we need to do, just from your estimation, as someone who is an expert 
with occupational therapy and dealing with these types of issues, what do we need to do? Is it more education? Is it more research? Is it a combination of all the above? Yeah. So one of the things is we need to quit being scared of it and get curious Mm. about this thing called dementia, because the more we avoid it, it it doesn't make it not exist. And the numbers are coming off the charts. What we want to do is get really interested in learning. Okay, so what could I do if it does happen? And the answer is be vigilant. Um, sort of get screened, know what your risk factors are, and reduce your risk factors. I mean, if we do nothing else but drop our risk factors some, we could buy ourselves five to eight years of high quality life and function simply by looking at how we do what we do, how we engage with others, um, whether we're eating and drinking adequately, and whether or not we're exercising and, and using our brains optimally and avoiding distress, but building resilience. Is it, is it also important to know that you're not alone, that this is oh. impact, like if you're a family and you're dealing with it, there are other families yeah. and, and there are community support groups at a church, a synagogue, a, just a community center that can help Absolutely. others yeah. through what is arguably a very difficult time. Yeah. Well, one of the most important things is to realize that at any moment in time, two or three out of five families is dealing with some kind of brain change phenomena, whether it's dementia, depression, anxiety, And finding support structures that help all of us get through it helps everybody. I mean, and avoiding it simply makes you feel alone and isolated and overwhelmed. And so reaching out is one of the hardest first steps, and yet it's really incredibly important. Yeah, and that that loneliness can lead to other issues like mental health issues that so many of us have have felt either the, ourselves or our family. Tipa, we're going to have to leave it there. Really great discussion, really important topic. Appreciate having you on the program. We look forward to having you back on the program again after the new year. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeffrey. Well, that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website, and of course, all of our 300 streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for the last edition of BRNAM for 2022. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Tax audits, tax liens, wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare, and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom, and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. 
So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The tax relief line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free.